Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Come on, church, who's alive today? <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, we're part of a movement, and someone once told me that movements move. <laughs> Go figure. I'm going to get you to stand up again, if you don't mind standing for the Word of God. I'm going to read to you Matthew 25. It's okay. You can, you can sit. You're nursing your child. That's all right. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Coach Cat and Coach Delton have their new baby boy, Bodie, for the first time. First time in church. Well, technically, he's been here before, but he was in there. Let us read Matthew 25, 30, starting in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on the throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, and he'll put the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger invite you in, or clothe you when you needed clothes? When did we see you sick or in prison? And then go visit you. The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and the angels. For I was hungry, and you did not give me anything to eat. I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. As a stranger, you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and I was in prison and you didn't even look after me. They will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, stranger, or in need of clothes, sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we, we come before you today. We come before you with great expectation and, in, and anticipation, knowing that you have a word for us today, a word that is not condemning, but a word that speaks life and truth and gives us hope. Lord, thank you that we get to be part of this family and part of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us so that we can be a blessing. And Lord, thank you for opening up our eyes, our ears, and our hearts now to receive from you, to hear from you, and most importantly, be moved by you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wow. Now you may be seated again, and you can welcome at least one or two good-looking people here in the house. Wow. Someone say, God is good. All the time. <laughs> That's right. I don't know if you, you know, you've ever come across somebody in need somebody that needs help, but you weren't sure how to help. 
you know, uh, you weren't sure what to do. Maybe you even felt uncomfortable. Maybe you felt limited by your time, your finances, your resources, but something inside of you wanted to make a difference and do something. You just didn't know what it was that you should do. Maybe you uh, even made up a story in your mind and, and you said something like this. I'm sure no one has ever had this story, but if, you, if they really wanted help, they would get help. Ooh, right? Maybe, um, maybe you thought again just by giving them a handout, you wouldn't really be giving them a hand up and you'd just be equipping, you wouldn't be equipping them, but you'd be enabling them. And you might be right. But here's the thing. The Lord isn't looking for the perfect conditions. He's just looking for his people that will answer the call. The call to care. And that's what I've entitled the message today. So why don't you announce it to at least one person say, the call to care. Hmm. Who cares in the house? All right. That's the majority of you. Good job. Matthew 25 and, and in verse 32, which I, I just read, says Jesus is going to come before the, all the nations. He's going to gather all of them together. And then it says that, that he will separate the people like a shepherd separates the goat from the sheep. Now, I, I thought this was interesting because now, if you'd ask more, most people out there, you know, like, are you a goat or are you a sheep? Most people would probably say, I'm a goat, greatest of all time, right? But that's not what he's talking about. Because here's the thing, society believes that a goat isn't the acronym for greatest of all time. But Jesus said, if you want to be great, you need to be a servant. You need to be like one of my sheep, that he is the good shepherd and that we need to follow him. Throughout, throughout history, if you've if you studied anything in history, you'll see that there are images of sheep and goats that have represented different characteristics in our Western culture. Now, for ages, the sheep often represents gentleness, care, and self-sacrifice. The goat has represent, re represented sensuality. It has represented wild behavior and disobedience. But with, and also if you look up, there's the lustful pan god of the Greeks that used the symbol of the goat. Even demons were associated in the Old Testament where they were called Sair, Sair. And today the symbol remains, but we are seeing a change to how um, they are valued in society. You know, the sheep that once represented gentleness now stands for weakness and ignorance. Sheeply. I don't know if you ever heard that term. It was a word that was only added to the Webster's Dictionary in 2017. Sheeply. In Western culture, the idea of, of being a follower is shamed. Social media has actually created more blind followers than ever. Following, liking people, they don't even really know. Calling them their coaches, their, their leaders, and even their pastors. Now, GOAT is used as that acronym. But again, if we don't know the purpose of something, we'll abuse it. And like any change of heart and mind, you can be sure there is a spiritual element involved. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, will separate his followers, sheep from the goats. And the goats I'm talking about are the ones that are living their lives just for themselves instead of serving God and serving others. 
Those that did their best to get people to follow them more than Jesus and didn't answer the call to care for others. Jesus distinctively gives clear examples of what his sheep do and what goats don't do, okay? And I want to be, I want to be clear that I'm not saying all goats are evil, okay? So don't everyone go out and kill a goat. I don't want that. That's Old Testament, no. <laughs> right? That's not what I'm saying. But I want to, I, I want to point out, there's, there's even some great businesses out there that do good things to help other people. And that's, and that's great. And that might be all the credit they get if they're not giving any glory to God. You know, but God just wants us to uh, align us today with his word and what his, what Jesus has to say about separating who his sheep are and who the goats are. So let's look at that verse 34. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. That's amazing. You have inheritance. You got a trust fund. That, that's serious trust fund right there. Something that was well before you even came into the picture. God knew you would come and God had a purpose and a plan for you. Now, if you would just align um, your, your assignments with him, if you would line the, your passions with the right person, imagine what God will do to not just bless you, but bless others around you. Come on. So I, I, the first point I want to talk about is, is feeding your freedom. How do you feed your freedom? Who could use some more freedom? Well, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So let's exercise it. God, God has prepared a place for us from the beginning. But our inheritance does require obedience because in every promise, there's a process to the plan. And our response means to be a part of God's family. And what does that mean? We were made for community. We were made to love him and to love one another, to honor one another above ourselves, not based on stereotypes or gender or, or, or any label for that matter. Jesus actually calls us to love our enemies. Can you believe that? For real. In Matthew 5, 43, it says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Jesus says this, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that they may be children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Because even the tax collectors do that. It's in the Bible. Verse 47 says that, and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? You know, I was talking to the men this morning. I don't have this in my notes here, but there's some distinctive uh, traits between sheep and goats. I don't know if anyone's raised any sheep or goats or have some right now. They can be a lot of fun, eh? But see, uh, uh, the thing with the sheep is that they're dependent on a shepherd. A sheep will, will stay within, within the fences. Now, goats, a lot of them have horns. <laughs> yeah, you're getting that look, goats, on another hand. Man, they will kick you. They'll destroy anything that you build for them, and they'll do everything they can to get out. They're escape artists, right? Sheep are a lot easier to breed than goats, right? So they're better at that, too. 
and sheep and, and, and sheep are, are grazers and then uh, goats they they um they go after the branches and stuff that's higher so you always see a, a goat with their head up <laughs> right just some distinctive traits of, of goats and sheep. But what's interesting that they found in a recent study is that a sheep can remember the faces, specific faces of up to 50 people in two years. That's more than most of us can remember, right? And they know, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And we'll get back to that a little bit more. And you know, we, we look at all of this and, and, we, and in the word it says that, that we are to love God and love others. That everything hangs off this in Mark 12, 30 to 31. And so it's easier said than done. Isn't that true? I mean, you can tell me, but show me. Show me. All the women said, amen. <laughs> show me you love me. <laughs> it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. I learned that a long time ago. I'm still learning that. But, you know, when we see people that need our love, we, we see people, we can either execute or we can make excuses as why, why, why it's not convenient or why we won't. I, I think I told you, uh, Rex Crane told me a long time ago, uh, I was being challenged with something. It was a very challenging time in my life. And uh, he, was on, he was in California and I was in Alberta. And, and he told me something that I should do as my coach. And I said, Phew, I can't do that. And he said on the other end of the line, you can't or you won't. <laughs> Ho! We always can. We always can. There's always a way. There's always a way. But the thing is, if we just make excuses as opposed to executing, the more we look past people, the easier it is to miss the need. Isn't that true? It's easy to look past what's right in front of us. And you can feed your failures or you can feed your freedom by feeding others. Right? In God's eyes, we succeed when we meet the need of others. Verse 35, for, for I was hungry, he says, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Thanks, Kelsey. I need that. I was a stranger and you invited me in. So let's talk about meeting the needs of Jesus. You can feed your freedom, but what's your freedom for? It's to meet the needs of Jesus. So when others are in need, Jesus is in need. He literally says, when others are hungry, he's hungry. When others are thirsty, he's thirsty. When, when we invite others in, we're inviting Jesus in. So this might be a bold question, but this is what hit me personally, is where am I saying no to Jesus? I'm not just saying no to somebody else's need. I'm saying no to Jesus. If I have the ability and the means to help somebody, the whole point of, of the project series is to get into the word and out into the world, to put it into practice. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Where are we saying no? Where he is in need. You don't have to look far. He's sitting. He was probably sitting outside the drive-thru on your way here to Starbucks or Tim Hortons or McDonald's, wherever you went through right? He's right here in this church. He comes to this house every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Saturday. You're like, pastor, doesn't he come every day? Yes, he does. But I'm specifically saying those, those days because the Chilliwack community covers in this house. 
You know, and I have this, I have this app now with our new security system. And I get notifications every time people are coming. People are flooding into this house and they're in need. They're hungry. You know, a recent stat says that one in three Canadians are going to be using services like ours in this house right now. That, that there's going to be a need that's going to increase by 60% every month in 2023. Where else will they come? Who will feed them? Say, we will. We will. Because we're blessed to be a blessing. We don't have anything to fear. God will meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I'm never in short supply. I was never meant to just get by. He'll meet all of my needs and not just to bless me so I could be a blessing. Where else? The church, the church was always plan A. There was no plan B. I just thank Jesus that we get to be a part of feeding others and feeding him. We're so blessed. They come in there, they're looking for food and clothing and kitchen supplies. And I'm telling you, they need our help. I'm actually, I'm asking if you would step up with me in this spring season. Give a little extra. Sow a little more to, to people that are hungry. You know, I have so many cool stories of, of families coming in. There's, there's one single mom. She has two autistic kids. Do you know that she takes the bus with her two autistic kids from Harrison just to come here so she can get food and clothing every week? And when I met her and, uh, and, and asked her, like, how do you afford to do that? I actually checked this out. I even, well, I offered to pay for her bus fare, but she wouldn't take it. She says, I don't take more than I need. She says, I, I, I collect bottles. And through that, I get through the change. That's how we get here. And I mean, some of the most selfless people, and they were so quick to judge. I mean, yes, some people abuse the system. Don't get me wrong. But that's, I'm not here to judge. We're here, we're here to meet the need. And I'm telling you one story, another story. This, I was sharing this morning, the, this mom and her sweet little kid came out. And sometimes they have toys down there. Even my daughter knows that. And I saw this little little girl come out of there. She had this dollhouse. And I mean, I, I had to stop what I'm doing. Nothing's important compared to that. So I go running out and, and I complimented her on her doll. What a beautiful dollhouse you have. She says, thank you. <laughs> She's so proud of it, right? And it didn't make a difference to her if it was new, old, used or whatever. That was her dollhouse, right? She came to church to get it. And I asked her, I said, do you have some dollies for your dollhouse? And she says, no, I don't have dollies. So taking, the, taking my privileges, I said, just wait right there. I ran into the kids' theater. And, and if you don't know this, the kids' theater has a, a, a prize snack shack. So kids that uh, come, participate, bring their friends, uh, read their Bibles, learn memory verses. They, they get tickets, and then they can cash them in for prizes. Well, wouldn't you know it? There's a brand new dolly sitting there on the counter, and I took it. <laughs> That's okay, I already told Coach Delton. <laughs> and I, I took it and I ran out there to the mom and I said, would I be able to give this to her? She was already loaded up in the SUV. And she said, absolutely. And you should have seen the look on her face. And you know what? It's such a small thing, but we get to be a part of this. There's more stories like that that are happening all around us. Now, I got another cool story for you, sorry. Uh, no, I'm not sorry. Rick. Rick. Yeah, I've had an opportunity with, with Rick because we've been blessed with um, a local business that blesses us with new clothing, brand new clothing. 
and uh, to be able to be a blessing. And, and one day Rick and I took his truck and it was completely full of new clothes. And first of all, we tried to go to, uh, to donate it somewhere else. And they said, we have too much. I'm like, you have too much? <laughs> I'm like, well then, we went downtown, we opened up the back of the truck and it's like word spread fast. And we were replacing shoes and socks and like, oh, this is such a blessing, you know. But I know these are things you don't always hear about, but they're happening all the time and all around. And we can be a part of it, right? And you know, here's the thing. You don't need permission to participate. I think sometimes we're, the Lord's giving us permission right here. He's calling us. He's calling us to care for others. And, and you know what we don't need? Uh, we don't need another program. You know, Pastor Charmaine talked about uh, submission is getting underneath the other mission. It's, and it's not to make the church look good. It's, it's for God. It's for his glory. Even sometimes you may never know because you might not know what the, the, the right hand might not know what the left hand is doing. And that's where you're going to get your credit from God. Right? The things that are d- done in secret, in private, one day you'll know about it. But I want you to know the opportunity. And it starts in this house. Right now, there are people in this house that could use a little extra. A little extra support, a little extra love, a little extra care, a little extra Jesus. Come on. And, I, and, I, and we don't want to get stuck in just handouts. The truth is we do want to give somebody a hand up. I got to sit on the Victory Church Missions Board, and I learned from Dr. Hazel herself. And she's probably the most giving person that I've ever known. And she says, Matt, we need this... We need to give them more than a handout. We need to give them a hand up. We need to give them a hand up. Sometimes it might be taking some of you to teach them, to coach them, to walk alongside them. We're all going to go through seasons. It just looks a little bit different. But that's why we have the family, to help each other up and then help our community up, our neighbors up. Part of this is discipleship. Our vision in this church is to reach, teach, mobilize. That's our vision. Reach every available person by every available means necessary. Teach them the word of God, but mobilize them. Not just tell them and go hit them over the head with a Bible. We got to meet the needs. And how else will others know that we are his disciples but by our love for one another, right? Don't just tell me about Jesus. Show me Jesus. Thanks, honey. My wife said it's good. (laughs) That's why we support our community. That's why we support the community cupboard, why we support Joshua House, why we support Ruth and Naomi's. We could just go start our own thing. But for what? We're here to support the calling on your life and the needs of our community. Because what we do for others is what we do for Jesus. I needed clothes. You clothed me. I was sick. You looked after me. I was in prison and you came and visited me. Here's the last one. Finding Christ in chains. Finding Christ in chains. You know, yeah, we get the, we clothed over 300 um, people, uh, homeless people with jackets last year. We, we helped, you guys helped 240 kids have Christmas. What? You know, clothe people weekly. We've been blessed by local businesses. We've been part of being the blessing. 
And as I mentioned before, each of you in your unique way has stepped out, stepped into the calling to care for others. And I know there's more to be done. But this last one, the, the prison one, this one has been heavy on my heart to go back to prison. <laughs> just to be clear, Rick's like, just to be clear, when I was in prison, it was to visit and help others, okay? Now, I don't have this crazy story and testimony of what God has done. Well, I do, it just looks a little different. But yeah, I, the Lord has sent me in to bring hope to the hopeless. Those that need spiritual care. And, and COVID, honestly, presented some opportunities for us and put limits on anybody going to prison and coming in to visit and to help out. But we were so blessed by the Joshua House. You see, because at the Joshua House, a lot of the men are either coming out or going in. And we, we as a church became the bridge of hope. The bridge of hope. Whether we caught them going out or caught them before they were going in, they caught Christ. They caught Jesus. Some of them went in there and set other people free of chains. Because on the outside, it might seem like they're in chains, but on the inside, they were free. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Whew. <laughs> you know, Paul was even in prison for a lot of his ministry. He did a lot from there. He didn't do anything to deserve it. But the Lord used him even those places. And there might be some places in your life right now where you feel that you're limited or, or you're being held back. But I would encourage you, hold Christ in your heart because he is working in you and through you. And some of you, there's actually people waiting on you before God can release you into the next season of your life. I know he's got more for you, but even right now, you might feel like you're in chains that he's, he's already set you free so that you can set others free. Verse 40, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So we get into the word so we can go out into the world. We get closer to Christ when we meet the needs of our community. We are people over programs. We lead with vision. We're not reactionary. Imagine if we as a church got behind the needs of our community and the needs of Jesus. The community needs Jesus. Imagine if we, we had people lined up to volunteer and serve in this house and in our community. You know, last Sunday, we had 365 people show up for Easter. 365 people baptized four in the evening. They were just lining up. I think there was something like seven of them gave their hearts to the Lord for the first time. Just at the Joshua house last week, another five for the first time. Twelve rededications. <laughs> you know, we meet the needs and, and we clothe and we feed, but we also meet the spiritual needs. Because we'll always have physical needs. But Lord wants to fill the, both of those. It's not just one or the other. But I thought of this, 365 people. Is that exact number? 365. What if each person took one day over the next year? One person for one day. Imagine how many needs that we could meet. One a day. One person, that's one day in the whole year. What we could do. I don't want to limit some of you because some of you are going to do more. But 
We see this is what we can do with community. When we come together, when we gather together, when we know our purpose, when we have the hope and the freedom and the blessing. And I think for some of you that you want to believe what I'm saying right now, but you're like, Pastor, you don't know what I'm facing right now. Well, I'm telling you, faith cannot fix what you're not willing to face. It's just how you face it. It's your perspective. Do you see that God is for you, that he is not against you, and that he is in you, and that you can do even greater things? Do you see that all things will work together for good for you because you love the Lord? Do you see that his purposes and plans are to prosper you, not to harm you, give you a hope and a future? Do you see, not with your outer eyes, but with your heart? I see it. I see people getting touched and healed and just waiting for a breakthrough. Some of us just just see battles, but I see breakthrough. You can't have victory without a battle. And victory belongs to the Lord. We just celebrated it on Easter when he said, it is finished. It's finished. We can't just be fighting for victory. We got to fight from the place of victory. We, We got to stand on God's word and walk it out, live it out. Watch this. Watch this spring. This spring is going to be great. Witness as the Lord multiplies and blesses you and your family as you step out in faith and you step out in obedience and you obtain the inheritance which he he planned for you from the very beginning. That he multiplies and blesses you and your family as you step out in faith. Lord has a lot for you. And he has a lot for your neighbors, your friends, and for this community. Our takeaway is simply answer the call. Answer the call. In John 10, 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And Isaiah 53, verse 6 says, All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid down on him, Jesus, the sins of us all. Would you stand with me? I truly believe for some of you, what looks like a setback is... Jesus says and sees that this is your setup. This is your setup. This time, this place, and this space of his grace is your setup. You know, when Jesus hung there on the cross, I'm sure that the devil and all the demons thought that they had won for a moment until he showed up and he stole the keys of Hades. He took away our chains so that we could, he overcame sin and death. The third day he rose from the grave. John 3.16 says, For God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe, whoever's whoever, look it up in the Greek, look it up in Hebrew, whoever's whoever, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Paul, the, the same one I told you about that was in chains in prison where God used him there, He said this to the church in Rome. He said, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord 
believing that God the Father raised his son from the grave, you will be saved. It's really hard to save others when you yourself need to save them. It's really hard to love others when you yourself need to be loved. It's really hard to forgive until you can learn to be forgiven. I just invite you to invite Jesus in right now. Let his love and his joy, his hope just flood in you and through you. Let his super touch your natural. Let him give you clarity in in what seems like a fog right now. I want to show you faith. He is for us. Who can be against us? Would you just say this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, I believe. I believe you died for me. I believe you died for my sins. Would you come into my life? Would you be Lord over my life? I know that you are the good shepherd. And I want to be your sheep. (laughs) Lord Jesus, I want to help others. But would you first help me? Would you heal me? Will you be Lord over my life? Will you lead me and guide me all the days of my life? In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in the moment, eyes closed and heads bowed. I was really excited about today. I, you know, when I see hurting people, I see healing, I see hope. I knew that through the word today is going to spark something in somebody. You know, if you could just look at what you can do for one. Do for one what you wish you could do for all. Start with your home. Start with your coworker. Dream big. Start small because little is much when God is in it. God's about to bless you and open doors like never before. And don't forget, keep looking for, think about people that who's thirsty, who's hungry, who needs clothes. Who needs a visit? Who needs to be welcomed in? Who's in the hospital? Who's in prison? Maybe you can't go to prison, but maybe you could send a letter. Send a, send a gift. And if you pray that prayer, which we just prayed for the first time, in this moment right now, in this special moment, would, would you just give me a thumbs up? Say, Pastor, that was me. I prayed that prayer, invited Jesus into my heart today for the first time. Right on. All heads are bowed, eyes are closed. It says there's a party going on for you in heaven right now. (laughs) God knew this day was coming. And if you may be like me, have come back to the Lord and you realize, man, I I got the whole goat thing all wrong. (laughs) I I confess, Lord, that I've I've been doing an okay or not so good at building my thing, but I want to get behind what you're doing. And if that's you and you rededicated your life with the Lord today, just give me a thumbs up. Yep, 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 right on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. One more time. God is good. Oh, he sure is all the time. Well, we're going to continue to celebrate and praise God. Uh, we're going to open it up for baptism. We store a little pool in here. Doing upgrades every day. Um, we're commissioned. In the book of Matthew, Jesus commissioned us to make disciples, and he was specific on the process of discipleship, and it was to go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching others to obey his commands, and surely he is with us always. 
So I got convicted, we got convicted a long time ago that, you know, let's not just do it on Easter or, or, or when it's convenient. Let's not make it difficult for people that are coming to know the Lord. Let's just, let's just cut a hole in the stage and drop a trough in there, you know? Like, what do you got to do? There's some water. There's some water. So in Romans it says when we are baptized, we are actually baptized with Christ. When we go in the water, represents when he went to the grave. We go with him. We leave that all that past us, all behind, stays dead in the water. We come up out of the water. It says that we're resurrected with Christ. New beginnings. You say goodbye to the old you and walk out the faith. Walk out as a disciple of the Lord. And yeah, if you're doing it today, you're making a public declaration that, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. So if that's you and you want to do that while we sing, or if you just want to come forward and need prayer, or just want to worship up front, come on down. But we'd be honored to baptize you. You got extra clothes and towels, all that. I don't need an excuse. We just need to execute. <laughs> Let's worship our God. Come on. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time. Thank you.